All right, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to the first episode of On a Couch in Delco. I am Tom. With me is Mike. Say hi, Mike. What's up, everybody out there? And we're talking new podcast, talking mainly Philly sports, but it won't just be sports because who really starts a podcast during the middle of a uh, COVID-19 quarantine where no sports are allowed, but primarily sports, but we'll also be talking beer, food, TV, pop culture, whatever else comes up uh, while we're sitting on the couch. But given the shelter in place now, we're, we're sitting on uh, two separate couches, but you know, we'll try to bring you something uh, weekly, just talking what topics are going on. Again, primary focus on sports and particularly uh, Philly sports, but we can kind of diverge from that too, as well as we, we, you know, talk Philly and beyond. So with that, I think today uh, I want to give some time to Mike to talk because today we're going to be talking Eagles draft mainly. And uh, that's the focus. That's one of the uh, only things really going on with sports these days. So we're going to be talking a lot of Eagles draft, NFL draft, uh, and, and gearing up for hopefully what is the season to come. All right. So what we got for you today, uh, re- recording this at about 5.30 on a Sunday night, hoping to get it out by uh, Monday so you guys can uh, listen to it if you so choose. Uh, what we want to do today, uh, we kind of want to look at some of the uh, top prospects, maybe in those first uh, first four rounds, maybe, um, primarily for the Eagles. Um, and then we're also going to get into a couple couple mock drafts that we both have prepared here for you. I'm not going to lie. My draft might be the best case scenario for the birds coming up this, this weekend, these uh, next three days coming up. I mean, the first four picks might be the best four picks you can hope for if you're a birds fan out there. So count on it not happening is what you're telling us, Mike. Just count on it Probably, not happening already. Uh, um, unless the Eagles make some crazy trade-ups. Uh, the third round pick, um, I'm not going to give anything away, but he could be there. Um, he's a good, uh, good defensive back there. Definitely, definitely someone who we, uh, who we definitely need, but those first two, first two round picks, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be there unless the Eagles move up into the, uh, top of the first round. And then again, into the back of the first round to get both of these guys. All right, well, let's, let's get started, Mike. We'll, we'll walk through your, your mock drafts. Who do you have, uh, the Eagles taking in the first round? All right, so first of all, we're using the draftnetwork.com. Um, so I am not using the premium. Um, I am not going to pay to make trades or anything like that. I've done about 65 of these drafts um, over the last three days since we've decided to uh, to try our hand at a podcast here. Um, so I've done 65, like I said, and two of them, exactly two of them, have got me this player at number 21 for the Birds. And like I said, this is best case scenario. They find some kind of drug sample or some kind of pre-existing injury that nobody else knew about in these next four days coming up, up to Thursday. And the Eagles get that prolific wide receiver out of Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I I certainly think uh, that would be awesome. I I don't see it happening at, at 21. Uh, certainly, I mean, they, they compare him to the next, uh, the comparisons I see are, are Chad Johnson. You would certainly mm-hmm. welcome a player like Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, adding it to this lineup. Uh, I gotta tell you, I think last year I would have took the actual Ochocinco at some uh, point. You, you didn't like Greg Ward? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know me, I love Greg Ward. 
one I got to tell you. I mean, as a as your number two, technically your number two wide receiver putting up production, I, I can't really count on him like that. Yeah, I got it. That makes all right. So CD Lamb going going with your first pick at twenty one. I at think twenty one. I, I I think it's a long shot. I think with the Raiders, you got uh, Denver's now sniffing around um, mm-hmm. wide receiver help. Uh, the Jets, they're certainly going to be looking at wide receiver. I, I think it's a stretch that he falls to to 21, quite frankly. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion. I'm not sure the Eagles draft a wide receiver in the first round. I'm, I'm not sold uh, yet. Definitely, um, you know, especially at 21, I think they would have to certainly move up and, and, and give up some assets in order to acquire uh, CeeDee Lamb. But I love the player. Love the pick. Oh, absolutely. What, what else you got? So before we move on, um, you were, we were talking about teams looking at wide receivers. Uh, throw Dallas into that hat now, too. Um, came out this morning or a little earlier this afternoon. Um, I forget what, what outlet actually put it out there. But they are sniffing around for, for wide receivers like the Marquise Goodwin um, type of player in the first round, even moving up from, what are they, 17 or 18 right now? Um, so that they are willing to move up. So that's another team in there that are that are looking for a, uh, a top wide receiver up there. I can even see them. Re- now, I like K.J. Hamler, but taking him at 17 would be a reach. But you know what? I don't put anything past Jerry Jones at this point. Well, as somebody that's not a big fan of K.J. Hamler, I would certainly welcome Dallas taking K.J. Hamler at 17. Uh, like the player – as a second round pick, maybe not not the biggest uh, KJ Hamler fan, but uh, certainly Dallas reaching and taking him at seventeen would, would sit fine with me. As you can tell, on a couch in Delco, you know, you have some uh, pretty anti Dallas uh, Cowboys bias uh, on this podcast. So if you're hoping to hear maybe a little bit of Dallas love, uh, you've certainly come to the wrong place. No, absolutely, you're definitely not going to get that here. All right, All right so, so Mike, assuming. Assuming CD Lamb is not there, right? Because I think mm-hmm. we can all agree uh, the mock draft maybe, maybe a little bit of wishful thinking, and, and maybe uh, you know I, I wouldn't put it past how it is certainly trade up and, and grab him if that's his guy either. But um, who do you think? Let let's say you know we talk about the teams that have somebody off the board. Who, who do you see being a, a likely candidate at twenty one? Probably Judy. Or Judy, however you say his name, I'm not the greatest uh, pronouncer of names, but you, you'll get that as the as the weeks and the podcast go on. Uh, but really, I see Jefferson there. I see Jefferson there. I see uh, Ayuk there. I see uh, Rager there. I see guys like that. CD Lamb is not going to be there. It, it's just not happening at 21. As much as I like it to happen, um, we're going to have to move up. The Eagles are going to have to move up to to probably. Number number eleven, number ten, somewhere in that range, and that and that's going to take a heck of a lot of assets to get there, and it's just just not going to go. So if you're going to take somebody at twenty one without moving back, I see them taking Jefferson. Jefferson, uh, I have, I, I I definitely see them taking that. Even though he's a slot guy, he's a bigger slot. Um, I, I know you tell me that the Eagles have Hurts, right? So you'll hear my theory about that. After we get through our uh, our mocks, all right. So who do you have? So you said no trade. So you're you're sticking with it. Who do you have going in the second? 
So the second round, pick number 53. I'm going defensive back here. Now, this out of, like I said, the 65 drafts I did, this is the first time that this awesome six foot two, I believe, a six foot two, 207 pound cornerback out of Alabama, Trayvon Diggs, falls into the, uh, into the 50s for the Eagles to swoop on in and get them a, uh, hopefully, a number one cornerback for years to come. All right. So, what, uh, so I know there's been a lot of talk of uh, Eagles going wide receiver back to back. Do you recall what, what wide receivers were available at round two? And, and was that something that you thought about? And do you think the Eagles should be thinking about kind of teaming up Jefferson or, or if CeeDee Lamb's there, he's playing outside, teaming up with a slot receiver in the second round? Or, you know, if, if you do draft somebody like Jefferson in the first round, teaming him up with somebody that can play outside in the second? Now, the, the number one person that was there a lot was K.J. Hamlin. He, he, he fell to that pick a lot. Michael Pittman was there. Um, a couple other guys. Mims never got there. Ayuk never got there. Uh, Van Jefferson, he's there, but he's more of the third or fourth round talent. Um, but mostly I seen uh, Michael Pittman there. Chanel a couple times as well out of Colorado. Um, but but never like a, a Rager or, or anybody else of that nature. But mostly a, a KJ Hamler type was there in the second round for me. All right. I did think about taking them, obviously. I mean, I do watch Penn State. I, not that I call myself a fan. I'm more of a casual fan. I'm not the, one of those uh, Penn State crazies. Um, but but I, I would take him if he was there. But I have another idea, um, maybe down in the later rounds, about a uh, late-round wide receiver that the Eagles can get their hands on without moving anything and just, just staying where they're at in the fourth round. All right, so once again, your second-round pick was? Trayvon Diggs, cornerback, Alabama. I'm telling you, that would be a, uh, that would be a great start uh, to the Eagles draft, and I think certainly something to, be, uh, to get Eagles fans excited about. All right, do you want to cover, you want to cover your, uh, your third-round pick? Yeah, I'll go with my third round pick, and then we'll look at your first three round, uh, first third round pick, first through third round picks, and then we'll uh, we'll get back to mine. So my uh, my pick is out of Clemson. Um, he's a uh, he's a newcomer to the Eagles uh, Eagles draft board. He, they've been talking to this player a fair uh, fair amount over the last few weeks. Um, it's safety Kevon Wallace out of Clemson. All right. Tell us a little bit more about him. So he's a he's more of a near the box kind of a safety. Um, even though he's 5'11", 100, 199 pounds, two hundred pounds soaking wet, um, he he is a uh, near the box. He, he's really not going to help you um, over the top or anything like that. Um, he is a pretty decent zone guy, which is nice, um, but he's not going to sit back there and pick balls off for you. Um, the one thing he does have to help you with um, is is tackling, and and that kind of not that it's his downfall. Um, he needs to be tougher um, if he's going to be that near the box kind of a safety, that free safety role. Um, he just needs to he needs to bulk up. He needs to be probably up near two ten, two fifteen ish once once he gets once he gets moving. Um, he is a senior, so he is an older player coming out. 
He is a little bit more uh, seasoned back there, which is nice, which is why I picked him. Um, now, over the 65 drafts that I did, Wallace was there maybe 20% of the time. He's a player I've seen in some of my drafts going the late first round. So if they can get him, the Eagles can get him in the third round, that to me is a steal. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, that's a pretty solid uh, trio there. Yeah, uh, I would be pretty ecstatic come Friday night if that's that's how the Eagles draft board looks so far. Uh, I'd be uh, I'd be hard pressed not to go out and book me some uh, some Super Bowl tickets, maybe. Well, uh, might want to. I'm as big an Eagles fan as any, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. I, I think there's still yeah, some like some I told you. There, There's a long way to go between the draft and, and the start of the regular season, though. But uh, oh, I, I like the optimism. I like the optimism. Absolutely. All right, Tom. So now, now you got my first three round picks. Uh, let's uh, let's see what uh, what your board was saying. Yeah. So I did the same thing as Mike. I went through and and did the mock draft. So uh, kind of let the board fall to me. But uh, who ended up coming in at twenty one was Jerry Judy. Obviously, I think uh, having somebody like C.D. Lamb uh, w- would certainly be an upgrade. But there's there's a lot to love about Jerry Judy as well, and just seeing him. Uh, you know, wearing midnight green would be fantastic. Here's a guy that there's not much that he couldn't do uh, on the field. I do think it's likely that they're going to be, you know, sitting at 21. It's probably going to be somebody like Jefferson or Mims uh, that, that they're going to be making that decision on. Uh, But it would be hard, hard to pass up on uh, Jerry Judy uh, in round one. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's an elite route runner. I mean, you could you could see it when you're watching him on Saturdays this last year. He, he is he is while on the couch. While definitely on the couch in Delco, having a few having a few brews, kicking him back. Um, but yeah, he's he would be a, uh, a a nice nice addition to the to the Carson Wentz crew um, there for the Eagles offense. And I, and I almost have to think, you know, they have to get if they're not coming out of this draft with. At, at least two weapons for Carson Wentz, given the, you know, e- even if you're trying to count on Deshaun Jackson and, and Alshon going into the season, you're talking about two guys that at least over the last couple of years have had some injury concerns. So you, you got to make sure that you're, you're going into the season with a, with a weapon for, uh, for Carson and, and what better weapon than, uh, Jerry Judy. I mean, here's a guy just top end speed, great route running. Didn't see much that he really couldn't do. Just getting separation, getting open. You know, he, he is definitely going to be a Pro Bowl level wide receiver in the league. You you really got to look at it's him and Ceedee Lamb. They're the they're the top two. I know everybody says that uh, this is a a uh, very uh, deep draft as really at the wide receiver position and i agree but uh those two guys cd lamb and jerry judy they they certainly stand out which is why i don't think they're going to be there i think uh there are certainly it's going to be tough uh for the eagles to be able to land one of those guys uh but you know if they can figure out a way even if it's giving up some assets i i do think that uh that's something that 
would excite Eagles fans a lot. I mean, that's something that Hallie Roseman's been here for the better part of 10 years. I think this is his 10th, 10th draft that he, or ninth draft that he's going to be in charge of for the birds. Um, and only three of those years, he stayed at his original first round pick selection. So th- there's track record of moving around, whether it be back or up. For Howie, it's been more up. I mean, we, we all remember the Carson Wentz draft. They moved up twice to get uh, get Carson Wentz there um, at number two. Um, but it, it's it's something that Howie Roseman would do. So uh, that's why I didn't see any anything wrong with taking a CD Lamb at 21, even though it might be at number 10 or number nine. Now, Jerry Judy, I want to kind of get on him a little bit. Um, I, I like wide receivers coming out of Alabama. Um, I loved Calvin Ridley, first off. I wanted the Eagles to draft him. Now, when I read Jerry Judy's um, bio right here, it kind of reminds me of Calvin Ridley, except Calvin Ridley has a little bit better size. Um, so it, it, there might be your, your our ceiling with that player if the Eagles are able to get a Jerry Judy there at 21. Yeah, I, I guess still remains to be seen what Calvin Ridley's ceiling really is. I mean, certainly a phenomenal player That's coming true. out. And, uh, you know, I, I think you you look at that history of, of Alabama receivers and, um, you know, you hope that, that Jerry Judy can, can uh, go in line with some of those guys. Absolutely. All right, Tom. Let's see what you got for that second round pick. Let's see if it's as rainbows and unicorns as my second round pick was. So not quite, but I, I you know, similar. I was sniffing around in that defensive backfield, and uh, the name that popped up to me was AJ Terrell, corner yep. out of Clemson. Yep. Uh, and, and just really, we need to find a way to bolster that that defense. So here's a guy, obviously. Uh, you know, high-end prospect out of one of the best teams in college football over the last several years. Uh, he, he's good in press. Certainly uh, one of the uh, the highest rank, you know, higher-ranking uh, players coming out of the ACC. I just think a uh, you know a you know really playing playing a key role for Clemson as a freshman. Um, so I you know I think somebody that can come in, really step in, play that outside, play that press man. Uh, position and and be somebody that that the uh, Eagles can use to to already add to. I think it's a supporting cast. Remains to be seen how strong of a supporting cast uh, they really have in that defensive backfield. But if it's somebody that you can at least over the next couple of years get in to either play on the other side of Slay or or you know ultimately be the the replacement for for Slay, I, I think. Um, you know, you got yourself a, a, a stronger backfield. I, I just think there's too many question marks in the Eagles defensive backfield for what is a critical position. And I think the last couple of years, the uh, Eagles have gone on in there with uh, some bubble gum and duct tape. I, I think there's a lot of guys that are best suited for the slot and not a lot of guys that can play uh, outside. I do think uh, Terrell can play uh, a little bit better on the outside than what they have today. So um I'd be looking forward to seeing him in midnight green too. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm on, I'm on draft 
I'm on the uh, draft positions on Pro Football Focus. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Pro Football Focus. I, I think some of the rankings are bogus. Now, A.J. Terrell is the number five-ranked corner, and uh, Trayvon Diggs is the number six-ranked corner. So, if, if that has anything to say about anything, you might have got the better steal there in the, uh, in the second round than I did with uh, Trayvon Diggs. Um, the only thing with uh, A.J. Terrell, I, I, I can kind of see him there in the second round. That, that performance in the national championship game, he let up 143 yards on eight targets. Um, he, he allowed five catches for, for six one quarter. That's not really the numbers you want to see. But, um, hey, maybe that might bode well for the Eagles there on draft night. There was a lot of bad players, uh, a lot of good players that, that played bad on that championship for that Clemson defense, though. So I'll, I'll take my chances. I mean, I took one of them in the third round. I took Wallace in the third round. So, I mean, it's just – you just can't go wrong sometimes. You, you, you got to look at the, the whole tape, not just maybe one game or, or maybe even a quarter at that point. Absolutely. All right. So, your last pick here in our little mock draft, the uh, third round pick selection at number 103 for the Birds. Yeah, and so I'll say this is one of the benefits of doing a mock draft is – and I'll say I – I haven't watched a lot of Wyoming film uh, going into either during the season or uh, coming into the draft. But so I was really looking for a player that at a position of need for the Eagles and, and where I thought likely they'd be looking. I think there's no doubt that the Eagles have a need at linebacker uh, in this current defense. I know it's not a position they prioritize, but you still have to have some guys that can actually put on a helmet and get out there and play the position. Uh, Nate, going into the season with Nate Jerry as your best linebacker, I think is a little bit uh, of a scary proposition. But the one name as I was going through it that stood out to me, Logan Wilson, a linebacker out of Wyoming. I will say I, I'd be lying if I said I watched tape on him. But some of the scouting reports that I read on him seems like a guy, one of those high-motor energy guys, very coachable can play multiple positions. And I think about Jim Schwartz's defense, how, you know, he doesn't want necessarily a guy that can just play on the outside as a linebacker or the inside. He wants somebody that he can move around that defense, use as a chess piece. Logan Wilson seems to be that type of guy. He can rush a little bit if you need him to, to get after the quarterback, but can also play, uh, can also play that Mike position. So like I said, maybe a reach taking a guy out of Wyoming, but, uh, Logan Wilson, he was kind of sitting there, and I, I know the Eagles need a linebacker. So this is more of me saying, hey, we, we need to address the linebacker's position in, in these early rounds. And so uh, my pick was Logan Wilson, linebacker out of Wyoming. Uh, if that ends up being the Eagles pick, uh, I, I will uh, give myself more credit than maybe deserved for, for having an inside scoop. But that, that was the pick that I took with the, uh, with the Eagles' third-round pick. I like it. Uh, do, you have, do you have any more info? Because I, I will say, out, I, I will be honest, outside of the scouting reports that I was reading on Logan Wilson, I haven't watched much Wyoming this year. But uh, seems to be the type of guy that if Jim Schwartz were to look for a linebacker for the Eagles defense in the first three rounds, you know, th- this w- he would be a Schwartz-type player. So that, that's kind of the, the read I got from the, from the scouting reports that I saw. I got to tell you. I don't think I've seen a single one of his 105 tackles, seven passes defended, one sack, one forced fumble, and four 
interceptions. Well, there you go. So he, he's a man that, you know, for a linebacker, four, four interceptions, that's a guy who can get his mitts on the, uh, on the oh, ball. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, 6'2", 250, runs a 4'6", I would be ecstatic with that pick. I mean, Nigel, Nigel Bradham probably had four interceptions, you know. It would take him about 35 years to get uh, four interceptions. So this is good. And even as a junior, he had 103 tackles, 11 for a loss, two sacks, and two picks. So he's he's not – and as a sophomore, he had 119 tackles. And then again, 94 as a freshman. So he, he is definitely not someone to, to overlook for any team. And then Walter Football has him projected as a uh, four through six round pick, but I see I see sleeper written all over Logan Wilson. Wow! Oh, and I think that's a good you know Eagles being close you know at the end of the the third round, right? I think they the pick that they have left is that compensatory pick, so it's like an early fourth. So the the timing is maybe maybe right. So maybe maybe that's a name we'll keep an eye on. And if the Eagles end up drafting uh, Logan Wilson, then. uh, on a couch in Delco becomes the premier Eagles draft podcast for all Eagles fans out there. Oh, absolutely. You got that right. We'll be, we're officially going on the Logan Wilson fan club here. Absolutely. I I will buy a Jersey. If this man is a, uh, is a bird come, come Saturday. I'll actually come Friday night because he would be a, uh, I, I, I would, I would be floored if he's not a day two pick. For any team, not not only the uh, the birds. For any team, I think he will be a uh, a day two pick. And that's really what I've learned going you know through the draft over the years. A lot of these guys, high production for these small schools that don't get a lot of a lot of recognition, but they they generally have a tendency to come into the NFL and and, and do fairly well. So here's uh here's here's the Logan Wilson. There we go. That's what we'll say. We probably spent way Absolutely. too much time on Logan Wilson than any other Eagles podcast has out there. So yeah, they, they don't have a podcast like we do though. So there you go. <laughs> so I think if, if that's the first two days going four through seven, I think a, a complete crab shoot. Uh, but Mike, do you want to talk about coming out of this draft? Maybe not individual names, but what, what positions would you like to see addressed maybe in those later rounds? Uh, of the NFL draft for the Eagles. So like we were saying earlier, um, I did have an idea for wide receiver um, coming up in the later rounds. Um, and, and I actually have him at the next pick, which is uh, pick number 127 for the birds. Um, so, so at that pick, I got Darnell Mooney. Okay. Um, he's only a two-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, but now he's uh, he's slotted as as a as a third, fourth, fifth round pick, middle of the rounds guys. Maybe maybe sneaks in there on day two, but I really see him as a Saturday pick. Um, but but he he's five eleven, one seventy five, and you know what that means that that scream slot, and, and and I like a slot guy. Now I know what you're gonna say. I know what everybody else that knows me is gonna say. Uh, I love Greg Ward. I think he is a phenomenal football player. All he does is catch the ball. Um, but so does Darnell Mooney, and he's younger. Um, he is a senior coming out, so, so he does have a, a, lot of, a lot of experience down there in Tulane. Um, but but he, is, he is the route runner. He is the, the quintessential slot receiver that I think every team needs. And I think if, if you put this guy 
with CeeDee Lamb, if they get him at 21, if they get him at 15, if they get him at 10, um, and, and you bring in Deshaun, um, and we'll talk about Alshon a little bit later. I got a surprise question for you. All right. Um, but I, I just think this offense flies. I mean, you got Goddard, you got Ertz, you'll have hopefully CD Lamb, you got Deshaun, and then you got Mooney. I don't know where else to go from there. Now, I have a question so, for you. If the Eagles end up taking a player like Jefferson, who's more known or, or had most of his production last season out of the slot, do you still go Mooney, or do you look for somebody that can play outside? I would look for somebody for uh, uh, that, that could play outside, um, e- even with, with Jefferson. So you're kind of leading me into my question that I didn't want to get into um, before we end our mocks. But you know what? I'm going to get into it. All right, let's let's get to it, and then I'll go over my what I deem my positions of need um, heading into it, how I would approach day three of, of the draft from a positions of need standpoint. All right, so so my draft day Thursday night, maybe Thursday late afternoon, breaking news comes out. Maybe not breaking news, maybe just breaking hearsay news. So so those those a Schefter bomb. A Schefter Schefter bomb? Bombs, something like that coming out. The Eagles are shopping Zach Ertz. Okay. Now, the reason why I would say that is that they have their eyes set on Jefferson. They've always liked Jefferson. But you know what? Jefferson ha- had his best years, his best days as a slot receiver. And you know what Zach Ertz is? He's, he's really a slot receiver. I mean, yeah, he's listed as a tight end, but by golly, does he do his best work sometimes out of the slot? And Jefferson can maybe replace that. Now, I say that because we also have Goddard waiting in the wings. Now, going into next year, you have Goddard, Jefferson. Goddard is your tight end, slash he sometimes comes out and plays in the slot. And you got Jefferson, who will probably most likely stay in the slot. Maybe bounce out to the outside every once in a while, different packages. But to me, I wouldn't be surprised if that, if that's something that comes out. Because you can get at least, and I say at least, a day two pick for Ertz. Oh, Ertz absolutely. Is, I think the Ertz is the known. best tight end in the league. Maybe the second best tight end in the league. I just, I couldn't pass up a number two or, or a first round pick for Ertz. As much as I love him, as much as I love Julie. Uh, the Ertzes are, are great people. They're, they're on all these kinds of commercials. They're great in the in the city. Not saying I would I would be shopping him, but if someone came to me and threw out that scenario, and I maybe even drafted um, Jefferson at this point, and I, I don't think I can turn down a number two and a four or something like that. Interesting, interesting. I think the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is you talked about how many people love him. You know, the, the one person that probably loves him the most mm-hmm. is Carson Wentz. Yep. And, you know, Carson Wentz, you saw the, the year after the Super Bowl year when Carson Wentz was coming back from his injury, where, where did he go most of the time with the ball? Zach Ertz broke the record for tight end receptions, right? 116. Uh, so I think he still has a dent in his chest. Um, from all those balls that hit him right there. Exactly. So, I, you know, I, I think for, for a team that stressed the importance of 
kind of making sure Wentz was Wentz had his guys around him, right? And 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 Wentz felt like he was the you know he felt comfortable in that offense and trying to build that offense around Wentz. I don't know. I, I I would be surprised. So I know you said maybe it's not tough. as surprising. I, I think uh, I know they're trying to work out a contract. So maybe there is something with the contract that uh, ends up where they think it is uh, better to move on. I do like Goddard. I've seen a couple untimely uh, bad timing drops from Goddard to say, hey, he's not he's not Ertz uh, just yet. And we'll see what the offense looks like next year. I know they played a lot of uh, two tight end sets, so you'd really like to have it, um, you know. And you know they played a lot of two to, two tight end sets with Aguilar playing in the slot as well. Yep. Um, so it, it, I think it depends on how they how they see this offense coming together uh, next season. But I definitely think there are there are certainly touches for Ertz, Goddard, and Jefferson uh, in the offense. I. I know a lot of people say, well, Jefferson is somewhat redundant for what you get from Ertz and and Goddard. I don't I'm not a firm believer in that. I, I think there is enough balls in the middle of the field to go around, maybe at the detriment of of whoever's playing at the outside. Uh you know, I, I guess they'll always chuck it up to Deshaun, so that leaves who you know, Alshon or or if JJ is playing the outside more last season, we'll we'll probably see uh, limited touches, but it's certainly, certainly an interesting, um, factor day two pick. I would try to get a day two pick and maybe a player, maybe that linebacker that can, uh, that, that you can use for depth. I I would try to get a little bit more, especially giving up somebody like Hertz, but your options may be limited given that, uh, he is coming up on, uh, the final years of that contract and will likely be looking to get paid like, like the premier, uh, tight end that he is, but he's coming up on that magical age of thirty. I'm not saying he's going to drop off anytime soon. I, I I don't really see that. I mean, look at um, Jason Witten. I mean, he went and play. He, he went and did play by our color uh, analyst on on Monday Night Football for a season, and, and came back to the Cowboys. And I don't know if he signed somewhere else. I I really wasn't paying attention to the to, to his uh, free agency. He is now a Las Vegas Raider, I believe. Oh, well, there you go. So Gruden, Gruden and Mike Mayock were looking to get a little bit of leadership in the tight end room and, and, and the go. locker room so, overall. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm for tight ends to play well into their 30s, even with all that wear and tear. I'm not saying it would be an easy decision. I mean, if I were Howie, I would probably say no to any deal coming in, even though that second-round pick in a player really, really, really is going to help the team. Um, I, I just think that, like you said, with that whole the whole dynamic between him and Carson, uh, I don't know if you really want to mess that up. So a question for you then. So we talked about Jefferson. One of the other guys that I like at that position at 21, assuming the, you know, those top two are really off the board, is, is Mims uh, at, at a Baylor. So if you're, if you're sitting at 21 and those two players are available, Jefferson and, and Mims, knowing that, I have I have production out of the slot, and if I really want somebody to have more of a a uh, year one impact, knowing hey, you, you do have Alshon there, but he's coming off an injury, and, and who knows? I, I would certainly be shocked. I know he hasn't 
been traded or released yet, but I would certainly be shocked if Alshon is, is suiting up for this team come week one. Do you look for somebody that can play outside, even though you like Jefferson, but maybe lean towards somebody that can play more the outside? And that's not to say Jefferson can't. I just think a lot of his production last year came out of that slot position. So would you look at somebody like a Mims over Jefferson? Mims, to me, it reminds me of Jay Jaw. And you know my thoughts and feelings on Jay Jaw. I'm not. I think he's better than Jay Jaw. But that's what everybody's saying. Every time I read it, as soon as I see that, oh, he's a jump ball guy. He's athletic. He tests great. He this and that. He's smart. Dude, they said that. They said that about Jay Jaw too. And and this guy, it was the middle of the season, and we were being told by the media, this guy can't learn the the playbook, Uh, and this and that. But I mean, maybe Mims coming out of Baylor. Uh, maybe he played uh, a better offense. I mean, Baylor's coach is um, Temple's old coach. What was his name? Matt Rule. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Rule. Uh, I really didn't watch Baylor that much, but uh, to me, I'm out on Mims. If that's the pick at 21, I, I don't know what to tell you. I would be disappointed. Guy. Did you see the video of Mims? I, I can watch videos of everybody and be impressed. I watch videos. No, he of, did it. Um, he did an interview. Uh, I believe it was with Kaplan and Mosher. Okay. Uh, about his first visit to Philadelphia, and how he was, he was scared. He saw some some crazy people. He he was frightened, a little bit frightened of, of Philadelphia in his first visit. I, it, it was a funny video, but uh, you know, the, the, I don't know how he he holds up in you know being a a full-time Philly resident though at that point if he's if you tell me you're scared on a visit here and we got 70,000 of the craziest fans in the world screaming at you because you dropped the third third and four in the fourth quarter down three points against the Cowboys he would be done after that we would have another Aguilar situations on our hands we got on him I mean, he played one great year. Thank God he played one great year because he won the Super Bowl. But other than that, the guy couldn't catch a cold. I, I, I don't know if I can hand the, handle another. Maybe he was just being funny. Maybe he was just joking. Maybe he was just trying to get a rise out of the out of the interviewers. But if if he's mentally weak and already saying we're crazy and, and he's seen this and that, I'm out. All right. So then you're definitely locked in, assuming, and we haven't even talked about rugs. I, I think there's some, there's some talk that that rugs could even go before uh, Judy and Lamb, but you know certainly up there in terms of the the premier wide receiver uh, talent in this year's draft. But assuming Lamb, Judy, rugs off the board, you're, you're definitely locked in on Jefferson for the first round. Yeah. Okay. Oh, who's off the board? You said. Did you say Judy? Judy, Lamb, Rugs, all off the board. What are yeah. you doing at 21? If I'm staying at 21, it's Jefferson. Um, if I'm moving back, I'll move back and maybe go for a, uh, a Higgins or a Rager. But if I'm, if you're telling me I'm locked in, I, I, I got a gun to my head kind of a situation, I'm going Jefferson. Okay. Here's the one. That I, I, I just don't know. If I'm if I'm the Eagles and I'm in that situation, I I just don't see Howie Roseman 
staying at that at that pick or going wide receiver. And I think we saw it previous drafts. You talk about the running back draft from a few years ago where you know, we kind of waited on that running back position and ended up with Danelle Pumphrey. I, I, I see the I see Howie Roseman looking at that and then you know if those three guys are off the board and assuming he hasn't traded up, I, I, I see Howie either taking another position, either looking at one of the corners uh, that are sitting there because all the wide receivers went. So somebody like Gladney or Fulton, um, I, I don't see the linebacker in the first round, but I can certainly see them looking to trade back. If, if guys like Jefferson, Mims, even Rager are, are, are still on the board at 21, looking to move back and, and trying to grab one of those guys closer to the end of the draft. I really do. I, I don't know if I see the Eagles drafting a wide receiver at 21. They can move up. They can move up and get a guy. They they can move back and get one of their guys, or or they're going defense and seeing what uh, round two leaves them with the wide receiver position. So I'm going to stick with that defense, and I'm going to tell you the only linebacker that I maybe. I mean, this still might be not a reach at 21, but a reach to get to 21, and that's Patrick Queen. Okay. Uh, If if he's there. Uh, and maybe he's there and Justin Jefferson's there. Uh, that that would be literally 99% of the clock taken for me for that pick because Patrick Queen there, uh, man, uh, I, don't, I, I would be so excited for that pick. Uh, if Patrick Queen comes in, I mean, like I said, I've been talking wide receiver, wide receiver this whole the whole 42 minutes we've been on this podcast so far. But if Patrick Queen's there, and 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 Judy and Ruggs and Lamb are gone, I, I, it would be really hard for me to see the Eagles leave Patrick Queen on the board. That would certainly be interesting. I think breaking the uh, it's been nineteen seventy nine was the last time the Eagles took a linebacker in the first round. You know what? How how we could do something like that? I wouldn't put. Wouldn't uh wouldn't surprise me if Howie was to to, to break that streak and go linebacker uh round Patrick one. Patrick Queen, he he's twenty years old. Twenty years old. I mean, you can have him for fifteen years as the quarterback of your defense. Fifteen years. You don't get that every day. But are you concerned about him being, you know, that, that to me, that, that sounds a little bit like Derek Barnett. Right? You, when you say, mention how young he is, that was the thing about uh, Derek Barnett coming out. Oh, he's so young, he's going to grow into it. And I, and I feel like a lot of people have gotten impatient with Derek Barnett already, already understanding that, you know, I think he is only 23 at this point or 24. I'm, how old is Derek Barnett? Do you know? I think he's 23 or 24. Yeah, you're right. So – but with Derek Barnett, the Eagles got their panties in a bunch when when he broke Reggie White's sack record at Tennessee. Well, hell, we got to get him in Eagles green now. And that's to me. I think that's the only reason they picked him. I, I to this day, I talked myself in the Bar- Derek Barnett when they took him. I'm like, man, I never thought about him. Uh, I said, oh, you know what? He, he, I said to myself, you know what? He broke Reggie White's sack record. Uh, he needs to be an Eagle, and now he's an Eagle. So he's going to be the greatest defensive end we've ever seen. 
And man, is he not a ghost in ninety-five percent of the games that he plays? Uh, Patrick Green, I, I, I don't see that. I, I, I see the best linebacker for years to come in the NFL in Patrick Queen. Better than Simmons. Better than Simmons. Okay. Better than Simmons. Simmons is, I mean, he's, he's going to be great too. They might be, heck, there might be two Hall of Fame linebackers coming out of this draft. But, but I, I, I see Patrick Queen is better than him. All right. Anything else you want to cover on the draft? No, not really. I mean, I, I won't go in the names and stuff because then we're going to get into to more deep discussions. But but I did take two edge players um, in, in the final four draft picks. I also took another linebacker. And I took an inside um, offensive lineman. He can play um, center or guard in, in Kyle Murphy from Rhode Island. He's kind of a uh, – Kind of an out there kind of a player. wasn't even ranked coming out of uh, coming out of high school. He, he wasn't even a one star rank. Um, but 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 he see, he seems to be a, a balanced blocker. He can just kind of do what he wants. Uh, he, he can move the guys off off the ball. Um, he might not be dominant in doing that, but but he can he can get your uh, he can get the the blocking done. And and I can see the Eagles doing that. I mean, with with the whole the whole Kelsey situation. And being year to year and saying he doesn't know what he's going to do, maybe having another option inside there might be something for the Eagles to do. Absolutely. I, I definitely see that being uh, an area that they go. I think anytime you, you use a draft pick on an offensive lineman, I think you're doing yourself a, a solid for the team. But uh, the Eagles have had some success developing some of those late round picks. So I can definitely see them looking at somebody that can be that heir apparent to, to Jason Kelsey, maybe even uh, get in this year as, as a backup guard, depending upon how the season plays out, and whether they, they run into some depth concerns on the offensive line. I also looked at um, edge and, and I know the importance of, of getting pass rushers here and, and you can never have uh, too many, too many guys coming off the line. You know, the Schwartz likes to rotate the defensive players, rotate that line so any guys that you can add there to uh, fill, I guess, that, that Vinny Curry role to r- really be somebody that can that can get after but then maybe can stay home and, and defend the run as well, I think, uh, w- would be important. Uh, Safety is another position I think they need to look at, right? Right now they have, you know, Will Parks I think is the depth guy, but, out, you know, a- as the backup, I don't know who is on the roster. Obviously Rodney McLeod and, and Jalen Mills look like they're heading into the season as, as your starters. Then you have Will Parks and, and a bunch of question marks at this point. So uh, if they can find a way to get a safety, maybe a, a DN and that interior lineman um, uh, heading out of the, that day three of that draft, I, I think it's a successful draft. So, Mike, one of the things that has come up, um, and, and you've heard how we talk about it, and even Jeff Lurie talked about it, is drafting a quarterback uh, every year. Is, is this a year where you see – uh, the Eagles taking a look at one of these day three quarterbacks as somebody that they can bring in and develop. No, please don't give me another Thornton. Absolutely not. That what a waste of a draft pick right now. Um, I, I, I mean, hopefully, knock on literally every wood, every piece of wood you can find in the Delaware Valley right now. Carson never gets hurt again. 
Um, hopefully his his uh, his days of any type of injury are done. But please, dear God, do not give me a day three quarterback when you can get me uh, another offensive lineman or another edge rusher or, or 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 another linebacker or even another safety if if he get Kevon William uh, Wallace in in the third round. Just please, for the love of God, do not take quarterback day three i'm with you i'm with you maybe not as uh uh concerned i I just think there's too many other positions that they need Mm -hmm. to fill on this team and i understand you always want to be in a position where you you know you're you're drafting a quarterback and you always have that backup plan but they they re-signed sudfeld they have kyle loletta he's in camp uh my guess is they'll they'll bring in a veteran at, at some point you already have a pretty full quarterback room spend your time yep. you know working with Sarfell, working with Loletta if you, if you want to groom kind of that that younger quarterback I just think there's other positions on this team that you can you can invest in and make sure you that extra line that extra linebacker I think it is more important to building this team than than bringing in another quarterback that's not to say the quarterback position isn't important and and we saw it last year you know how how what happened when when Carson Wentz went out in the, in the Seahawks playoff game, so quarterback is, is definitely important. But I just think you're you're not getting somebody in the late rounds. You know Howie Roseman's not going to find us the Tom Brady. I, I don't think. No, if if they're if they're going to draft me a a Mason Fine out of North Texas who's five nine one ninety, please don't just just don't even a Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. Just, just don't don't waste my time as a fan. Uh, if you if you want to get a quarterback, wait until these guys are are undrafted free agents and bring them in. Just don't waste me a draft pick on them, please. Thank you. That's all I ask. Thank you, Howie, if you're listening. He's probably not, but maybe in a couple episodes he will be. Probably not. All right, it's our first episode. Yeah, but... We can't expect the GM of the Eagles to be be listening right away. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go with June. June by June. There you listen. go. Absolutely. Once his quarantine rolls on, he'll be listening to all the podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's pretty much our coverage of the uh, 2020 draft for the Eagles. Uh, Mike, do you want to just talk a little bit about what listeners of the podcast can expect to hear as we start to get this thing rolling and start to have other episodes? Absolutely. So like Tom said at the beginning, uh, we're not going to stick to just sports um, we are lifelong sports fan, lifelong Philly sports fans. Um, it, it's something that runs in our blood, and it's easy to talk about. I mean, we sat here before our podcast thinking that, hey, we would never get to an hour, and look at us now. We're at 51 minutes into our podcast for the first time ever. Um, so it's it, it's something that, that is just easy for us to talk about. Um, but but there's other things in our lives that, that, that we actually uh, do do. Uh, we, we don't really talk about sports all the time. Um, both of us, both of our families love Disney. Um, we will definitely maybe have a, a, maybe six times a year, maybe just a podcast just dedicated to Disney, have some ins and outs and things that we like to uh, like to do. Um, when we go down to uh, go down to Florida and go uh, go give Mickey a high five. Um, one big thing that's a big part of both of our lives, maybe not a big part, but just a part, is beer. Um, we are avid beer fans. We actively seek out new beers to go and try. Um, we're both on Untapped. I know Tom has a crazy astronomical, unique beer 
count. Uh, mine's not as I'm a, I'm, because I do forget to. I'm uh, over 1,000 beers and, and keep going strong. So. Over 1,000 beers. Yeah, I might be over 500. I, I just forget all the time to put them in there. Um, but that will definitely be something we were talking about, thinking about doing a uh, maybe a weekly episode on uh, beer and, and and definitely food. Um, we are larger gentlemen. We do like to eat. Um, our big forte is grilling and, and smoking meat. Um, so that will definitely be something you see um, coming up on those, uh, hopefully, maybe monthly or even hopefully weekly um, food episodes and, and beer episodes. And Mike, I've, t- I've told you about the uh, my research that I've done while while in shelter in place, right, on pellet grills. Yes. So I think once we uh, – I've, I've been doing a lot of research there, so hopefully I can – we can start talking some, some smoking and grilling once – you know, I'm, I'm leaning towards the, the camp chef. If there's any uh, smoking uh, pellet grill fans out there, leaning towards a camp chef. So uh, if I get that in soon and, and start firing that bad boy up, I'll be I'll be happy to uh, to share some share some some stories on, on what went well, and what didn't go so well as I foray into that. I'd love to hear some more insight, too, because my, my old faithful, my my charbroil um, side side fire. Um, just uh, just kicked out out there, the uh, the actual fire grill part of it rusted out over this winter. So I have to uh, I am now in the market for for maybe a pellet, maybe an electric, maybe another um, coal and fire burning smoker. But I will definitely be in the market for one of them very soon. Well, we'll pour one out for your for your char brawl there. My condolences. Yeah, well, this is my second uh, golden monkey of our podcast. I, I think I may have to go do that after we end it. <laughs> All right. So guys, right. thank you everybody. Yeah. Uh, if, if you tuned in and stuck in for the, for the whole 50 plus minutes, uh, we, we certainly thank you for checking us out. Uh, Mike, where are we planning to, to post this thing? I'm assuming Apple podcast, Stitcher, where, where are we putting this thing? going to be everywhere so we are recording this on anchor anchor is very easy um to go ahead and and start your recording uh recording your podcast and your podcast career um so it will be everywhere and anywhere you can get a podcast all right so definitely check us out uh if there's a review function there feel free to to give us a review good bad or indifferent obviously five stars always obviously five stars are, are the best uh, that you can give us, but hey, if there's areas that you think we can we can improve on too, uh, let us know that as well. Yep, absolutely, and in the uh, in the coming days, we'll have a uh, Twitter page up and running. Uh, we'll we'll tweet out what we're talking about, and uh, every once in a while, I'll pop on there and do a do a Periscope and let you know what's coming up on our shows. Um, and we'll also have a uh, an uh, email. Um, set up in the in the coming days that you guys can send in some some of your grilling tips maybe some of your 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 thoughts of our our draft picks maybe this week and obviously next week um, hopefully next sunday we'll we'll come up with a uh with a draft recap show for you as well. all right so next week draft recap maybe some beers we've tried in the last week and uh yep you know we'll, we'll wrap it up now thank you again everyone for for listening and we will uh talk to you soon so this is tom mike on a couch in delco take care everybody absolutely everybody until next time